What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 879 of I Doubt It Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Dollimore, joined today, as I always am, by the lovely, talented, and indeed scholarly, Brittany Page. We always say, what should we do for the 900th episode, or whatever, 800, 850, the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the answer is, just keep working. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep doing the show. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we're back from our very brief Boston vacation, and it was good. It was very good. But we want to talk about something that happened. Ugh. Because we we just want to process it, I think, because we had a close call. Sweepy is okay. Sweepy is fine. But before we left for our trip, I think we shared that we were unable to have the dog sitter that we normally have watch Sweepy come for the weekend and, and stay like she normally does. And so we had to find a backup plan, and we went to three different dog care facilities <laughs> before we finally landed on the one that we left Sweepy yeah, we, at. Yeah, we dog boarding... We went shopping for a, a good place to where Sweepy could stay. Yes. And we landed on one and the the location that we picked was 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 best for availability and a number of other different reasons. I think I have a hair in my face. Anyway, so um the most important quality being that they had surveillance cameras. That is well, I want to be, be able to see <laughs> what's going on with with the dog that we goddamn love so much. Yes, yes. So, I guess go ahead. I, I don't know if it'll be a <laughs> Really, so what happened was well. Let's give a warning. So this is going to be sad. It's going to involve talking about dogs that died actually at the dog care facility that Sweepy was at. And so if that's not something that you want to listen to, you can you can skip. But basically, what happened is we got home from our trip on Sunday afternoon, and we went to pick Sweepy up, and everything was fine. She was great, very happy to see us. We were very happy to see her. We all took a nap together as soon as we got right. home and tried to recoup from the trip. And the next day, on Monday, we had a storm here, and it resulted in flash flooding in the area where Sweepy's Doggy Daycare was located. And And apparently, severe flash flooding, so much so that there was six or more feet of water inside the building. Yeah, it broke through a window and flooded the Doggy Daycare facility. And apparently, this is not the first time this has happened. I Mm -hmm. did not know that. But this is not the first time that this business has been flooded in this way. But what is the first time is that the flooding killed 10 dogs, 10 dogs drowned in the doggy daycare facility. I heard an interview with the owner. And he said that they were like maybe 40 dogs in the facility. Mm-hmm. So 10 dying means 25% of the dogs died mm-hmm. who were there. Yeah. And... As I continue to read about it, it looks like the the business, unfortunately, is not being very forthcoming with information for the, the people who lost their, 
their animals. They're probably trying to cover their ass legally. Yeah, they're not yeah. saying what happened, but based on the names of the dogs that died, it seems like the dogs were put in kennels alphabetically because the dogs that died have names going after M. M and- through Z mm-hmm. and Sweepy falls within that. Yeah. Now the scary thing here, I know everybody's like, "Oh yeah, but you know, you you your your trip was a day." We debated and almost pulled the trigger on staying an additional day mm-hmm. into the evening on Monday, which would have meant we would have lost Sweepy. Yeah. It's because very it was dogs crazy. who were locked in little ca- cages, mm-hmm. like these cages that go up against the wall and are stacked one upon the other. Mm-hmm. She would have been in one of those cages and would have been trapped and died. Yeah. So we we keep on talking about it. I don't know why, because it just makes us sad. But I think we're just so shocked, and it's like hard to fathom that it came so close. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just this freak accident. That what the hell? But but there's a lot of anger. Obviously, I, I feel so sad for these people who lost members of their family. Yeah. And, you know, if this had been me listening to this years ago, it's not that I was callous. I just didn't understand that pets really are a part of your family. They become your family. Yeah. And so to have a family member die in such a tragic way, and a lot of these these pet parents are not able to say goodbye to the animals either. They weren't allowed to access the bodies. Yeah, speak to that. What did you hear? What did you find out through the, the different research and the articles you've been reading? Well, one of the guys who lost his dog was giving an interview and he said that he he asked, I think it's in the hands of a um, an animal alliance now, it's not with the, the doggy daycare, and he said he wanted to see his dog. And they said, no, your dog had a very violent death and a traumatic death and a very bloody death. It bothers. It's not up to the whatever animal welfare, humane society. It's not up to them. Yeah. It's not up to them. Right. If 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 you you have a loved one, human loved one who died, and you want to give it a burial, you want to give it a funeral, no one would say, oh, I'm sorry, your 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 dad died by gun violence. It's too bloody. You don't get to have your dad's body. Mm-hmm. That's not something that would happen. Yeah. So I there's a there's a lot of questions going around. A lot of people are blaming the business. A lot of people are blaming the city because the business owner had been asking the city for help when the flooding first started. Like even last year, after we first moved here, there was flooding. I'm in the I'm in a I'm. If, if I'm going to be divvying up blame, I think it's 85% the city mm-hmm. and 15% the business. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to give this guy a, a shot at one of his other locations. He was in, it's, an, it's a terrible thing. I think they did everything they could do within reason to save these animals. But the city and Muriel Bowser, the mayor, needs to get off their asses and fix the flash flooding problem at this location on Rhode Island Avenue Northeast because what if it wasn't a bunch of dogs? What if people who are unhoused or whatever are down there at that intersection and get swept away and drowned? Mm -hmm. Then it's not going to be just, oh, you you lost some dogs. It's going to be a serious fucking problem and they need to get on this because it is not just a political liability. Lives are in the balance here. Yeah, and there are questions surrounding that. I, I think that they are, journalists are working to obtain the response 
timing the response schedule and why they didn't get to the doggy daycare sooner. I know that uh, the the rescue teams had to rescue people that were Mm -hmm. stranded in their cars out in front of the business and, and things like that. So they're asking questions about that. But people are also saying, listen, why was the business allowed to stay there? when their business had already flooded, I don't know how many times, why were they allowed to stay there when they have yeah. living beings in the facility? Yeah, it's not For me, it's not even the fact that the, the flooding happened. It's what kind of mitigation can the city do and should the city be doing um, to clear drainage lines, to do whatever it takes to have it not such an imminent danger to threatening lives, human, animal, whatever, because this is going to happen again. This mm-hmm. one happened again this year. And what the fuck is the city going to do? Right. Yeah. Well, and so I guess we should say the business there is never going to open again. Yeah. It's never going to operate again. It's closing. It has been ruled dangerous or yeah. whatever they, they say. There's signs out front. And it took the loss of life for it to be the case. They should have ne- deemed it dangerous last time, last year, when it flooded. Not quite this bad because no water got in through the windows. This should have been done. Yeah. So we're thinking of the the dogs. We're thinking of the families. And it's it's sad. And it's it's a weird thing. I'm not going to say that I'm lucky that Sweepy, like, because I don't, I don't want to talk about that when people lost their dogs, yeah. you know. But I am obviously happy that Sweepy did not, you yeah. know, that we came home. I'm just, I'll just say that. Uh, and and, that, and that's it. I mean, it, 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 it had it gone another way, we'd be in a different situation right now. And that's and the scary thing about life. We'd be having a whole different conversation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we are lucky. It, listen, it's it's not anything of our doing that, that we were, we escaped harm, that she escaped harm. Yeah. It's, it's only the luck of the fucking draw. Right, right. Yeah. So let's move on to something happier and talk about our Boston trip just briefly. Yeah. And we went to see Earth, Wind and & Fire and Lionel Richie. Yeah. And I keep leading with Earth, Wind & Fire. I guess Lionel Richie was the star of the show. Earth, Wind & Fire was the opener. Well, let, let, not I don't want, for listen, me, not in my heart. I don't want to shit on <laughs> Lionel Richie. It wasn't a great show. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to shit on him, though. Um, we didn't stay for his whole set. We probably didn't stay for a quarter of his set. Let's just say, if he is listening, though, Lionel, right, we right. did. We stayed. It yeah. was great. You did well, a great job. But got, also, turn it off the show. Turn off the show now. All right? He got paid. <laughs> he got paid. He doesn't care. He also canceled the next night at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. A- an hour after the show started, he was like, oh. The weather's bad. Weather, everybody. <laughs> but Earth, Wind & Fire was phenomenal. As always. The best. I've, it's the best show I've ever seen them. The best performance. Bar none. Yeah, I mean, Philip Bailey is 72. 72. Cranking out those high notes. He sounds great. It is funny to watch them, though, because they do need to take more breaks. They sit down more in between songs. Yeah, and yeah. they. It's nice, though, because they have three living members, three original members, and they still give a tribute to Maurice. They put a picture of Maurice up in the background. And we actually got a call from Michael in North Bend, Washington. We're not going to play his voicemail, but I just wanted to say, because he called and said it was a bummer that Lionel Richie canceled. So important to note, he did not cancel for our show. Don't worry, he got plenty of ballads in. He sang Uh, all... It was a night of ballads (laughs) for Lionel Richie. He said, all right, let's do a Commodore song next. And then he did a ballad. I'm like, the Commodores did ballads? What's going... No. Okay. It was not great. It was not great. Um... 
Michael from North Bend also said that he's trying to get Patreon figured out. His bank says there's no issue. And he said to have a beer on him and sent us a super thanks. Oh. So just know that we did. We did have a beer on you. So thank you very yeah, much for absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, so it was good. We we had a lot of fun, and we did. We had listeners reach out and say that they live in Boston. They wanted to see us. We were there so quick. I mean, Man. it was such a quick trip. We flew in j- bef- just before the show on Friday. We were there Saturday. Had dinner Saturday night with the people we stayed with, and we were out Sunday or uh, Sunday morning, yeah. so I could get back here and we could rest and. Prepare for the week. And save Sweepy. And save Sweepy's life, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we're we're figuring out how to make that work in the future. Like, when we do travel to a city and people live there, like, should we start making an announcement on Patreon and say we're going to be, like, at a bar it would one have, night? It or... would have to be on Patreon. Yeah, we can't do it with everybody because we'll be killed. Yeah, just too many <laughs> haters and shit, you know? Although someone could just become a $2 patron and then kill us. Well, at least we get that money. <laughs> Okay, well, let's keep this positive momentum going. We will figure out a way to announce when we're going to be in a city that will be this one place. And if if the spirit moves you, come and see us. If not, you know, we won't see you. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of Patreon, let's thank our Patreon supporters before getting to some listener communication. We we have some new Patreon supporters. Tamara S. Tamara S. Erica D. Erica D. Daniel L. Daniel L. Kevin S. Kevin S. Not to be confused with my Kevin, my cousin Kevin S. Oh, yeah, same name. Yes. You a little bit of panic ensued. Well, I was like, this doesn't make sense at all. Because you're... Your your cousin is a Trump worshiper. He's a blocked Trump worshiper yeah, as well. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> has has something happened that I is there an announcement that needs to be made? All right, continuing with the new Patreon supporters, Yaz. Yaz. Robert PW. Robert PW. Suzanne L. Suzanne L. And Emma C. Emma C. Emma C. wrote us a very nice message saying that they were thinking about becoming a Patreon supporter for a long time and then finally decide to sign up. So that's nice. Yeah. Fantastic. So. No, we can't move on yet. We have Patreon supporters who increased their pledges and we have to note that as well. So thank you to CTK. CTK. Tamisha C. Tamisha C. And Tau K. Tau K. And if I'm not pronouncing that right, feel free to write in and yell at me. Yes. So thank you guys very much. If you're interested in helping produce the show, helping support the show, helping support the work that we do here, the effort that we do here, um, you can go to patreon.com slash I doubt it podcast. The other bit of information that we like to leave with you is our phone number and email address in case you'd like to contact us like these upcoming voicemails, like they call 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Hi, Jesse and lady. Just thought you wanted to hear it because you keep giving me the phone number. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. Have a great day. Love, Amy. <laughs> um, was that j- Hello, Jesse and lady? Yes, that is me. I am lady, which is honestly 
Honestly, Amy, I better than me and ignore. I put this on the board because yeah, that was my <laughs> that was my initial response. Is like wow, W. Yeah, exactly. I consider it a win. Thank you. <laughs> I love to be recognized. Sometimes people refer to me as the wrong name, and that works too. I just don't like when people call and are responding to one of our shows, not one of your YouTube videos, one of our shows. Yeah, and they've listened to the entire thing, and they call and say. Hi, Jesse. I was listening to your latest episode, and and then sometimes they even reference something you, you said, but it's something I said. That ha- that used to happen. It's why we changed the name of the show. Well, we're just letting everyone know if that happens, we're not playing it, because yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I also, don't like it. The, the name of the show used to be I Doubt It with Dollamore, and you took on a, a lar- lot larger role years ago, but still people would do that very thing. They would call and thank me for an opinion or something that I said that wasn't even something I said. It was something you said. Yes. So we changed the name of the show to just, I doubt it, with Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page. Yes. So thank you, Amy. We like we like hearing praise. It's nice. So yeah, lady. That. Thanks yeah. a lot, lady. <laughs> All right, moving on. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Uh, my name's Kenny. I actually live right outside of Boston, so I heard your podcast, and uh, that was very funny. I've been to New York City and L.A. and Chicago, and let me tell you, Boston is the best one. Uh, you don't get bothered by people. There's there's low crime. It's not aggressive. Uh, you know, you obviously go see the commons, beautiful. Like, the gardens are absolutely phenomenal. Newberry Street has a lot of cool, like, upscale shops and, and cafes and boutiques hit Chinatown. If you love uh, any type of Asian food, uh, their stuff's absolutely amazing. Skewer's Restaurant uh, in the food court is stellar. Um, there is an old vaudeville theater that is a dim sum restaurant, super delicious. Um, the Museum of Science, absolutely phenomenal to go to, lots of hands-on stuff, super fun, even if you're uh, – I know Jesse's uh, a big adult child, just like I am. So, you know, really do those things. Um, I would skip on the aquarium. It's kind of overpriced for what it is. It's like the lamest part. Uh, and then if you you want to get a little off city, take the T, best public transportation in the country. Go to the Harvard area. Go to the Harvard Museum. Do the restaurants around there. Uh, you know, try out like Brookline and Austin, all really great places that are Boston and Boston adjacent that you can go. Uh, don't be afraid. Lots of fun nightlife, too. Um, love you guys. Uh, love you both. Just is the best part. This episode brought to you by the chairperson of the <laughs> of the Boston Tourism Council, Kenny. I loved this. I loved this voicemail. <laughs> Kenny, you can just tell, has so much love for the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. And I really did. I liked Boston. We really we did not spend enough time like we like to travel and walk around cities really go and explore and we did not have time to do that so well, we wanted to do like the patriot trail or whatever it's called that with the, the freedom trail the freedom trail. they have like a, a red line painted on the ground that you can just walk all throughout the city and go to all these historical things we didn't step foot on the freedom trail not one part of it because we were just so busy the entire time yeah therefore we are going back yeah pretty soon we're going to go back and do the full-blown tourist we'll just go to do everything that Kenny just said in that voicemail. Yeah, of course. And I was already going to skip the aquarium. So perfect. Yeah, it works of out. Course. Thank you, Kenny. 
Also, for anyone else who's traveling to Boston, Kenny just hooked you up. So no kidding. Yeah, very nice. Just you have to slow it down to like <laughs> 0.5 speed to catch everything. Well, Kenny needed to get everything in <laughs> under three minutes. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thanks for the voicemail, Kenny. We appreciate it very much, and the recommendations. They will certainly yes. be. Uh, in our hip pocket, as I indicate, I'm putting it in my breast pocket. Great. <laughs> Good times. Uh, again, I will give you the voicemail. It's uh, 657-464-7609. You can email a voice memo or a regular old-fashioned email to uh, idoubtit at dollamore.com. Thank you for your communication. Moving on. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So Donald Trump's fourth indictment came down, yeah. and we were expecting it. It happened late at night. You were preparing to oh, sub for David Pakman over on David Pakman's channel, yeah. and you did a fantastic job. Why, thank you. And It's always a lot of work. Yeah. For sure, it's always a lot of work. That guy, man, he is, he is one, just a consummate fucking professional. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I'll email him or text it, and it's immediate he gets right back to me. Like, it's like, when are you doing anything other than dealing with work, man? <laughs> Plus, like, I do three videos a day and feel like I want to just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Or four videos a day. He's doing, like, ten videos a day. Mm-hmm. And then plus live stream. He just, it's insane. It's I don't understand it. But... Knowing that the indictment might drop was giving me some anxiety anyway because, yeah, yeah, that's a big thing it's going to cover. And then when it dropped and they didn't release it, they didn't unseal the indictment until like nearly midnight or so, maybe later. Mm -hmm. I didn't get started. I didn't go to bed until 5 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Got a couple hours sleep, got up, recorded videos for my channel. Anyway, everybody sees how the sausage is made now. But uh, it was a lot of work, a lot of stress. I'm just now getting caught back up on the sleep. Yeah. You made it through. You survived. And you did very well. So good job. But Oh, well, thank you. You also were lucky enough, I guess, to cover the Georgia Trump indictment. So yeah. this was the Georgia case, the Georgia election interference case. And it was, it was funny to see it come out late. It came out like 11.30 p.m., I think, mm-hmm. the night that it came very out. Very late. And then the Republicans like they do, immediately rush to defending Donald Trump. Despite the fact that, again, like we said, this is the fourth indictment. This is, what, over 90 criminal charges at this point across these four indictments? Just for Trump. (laughs) 91 criminal charges, felony charges against Donald Trump across four indictments. This particular Georgia indictment was 19 people wrapped up in this indictment, including Donald Trump. 41 counts against uh, all of these people and every single person named in this indictment was charged with RICO statutes, racketeering. Yeah. And so what's interesting is the Republicans will have you believe that Joe Biden is senile. Right. But they will also, ha- also have you believe that he is somehow orchestrating this prosecution of his political opponents yeah. across all of these different cases and so which is it? Is he senile or is he like leading this amazing campaign to well, ruin Donald Trump's life? It is classic conspiracy theory thinking 
that you, well, you just named two things that just completely refute the thought of it, but then they'll come up with one more thing and then one more thing. And then also like all of these thousands of things have to happen and keep it secret for it to take place. It just, it's total nonsense. Yeah. But all it is is deflection from the fact that Donald Trump is guilty as fuck based on four different indictments across different jurisdictions, across different prosecutors, different juries. I mean, the conspiracy would have to be just, it's just crazy. They're just nuts. So like usual, when Trump is indicted, his attorney, one of his attorneys, Alina Haba, Mm -hmm. is dispatched to go on defense. And this time she made an appearance on Fox and Friends, which is, of course, hosted by Brian Kilmeade, Steve Ducey, and our favorite, Ainsley Earhart. What about the majority? I'm so tired of protecting the minority. Mm, She's such a lovely lady. Oh, she seems seems so kind, (laughs) so caring, so Christ-like. And, you know, Steve Ducey has kind of been departing a little bit from the two of them. He will sometimes ask questions about Trump and you can just see Ainsley fuming and Brian Kilmeade oh, yeah. fuming. Well, see, and also let me say this about it. One, I don't like Steve Ducey. I think he's a dumb fuck. But Oh, excuse me. I'm not defending him. No, no, no. no. I'm yeah, just well, saying he is somewhat departing from the narrative that it, defend Trump, defend Trump, defend Trump. Yeah, what I want to say is that it, I don't think, I think it's real too because if it was like programmatic and like, okay, Here's what your role now, Steve, is going to be to, you know, kind of inject some reason and some doubt into what's going on. And you guys are, that's, he's really making them mad, his co-hosts. Mm-hmm. If they, if it was part of the thing, they'd be like, huh, yeah, I don't agree, but, but they get pissed off. No, they do. I mean, Ainsley Earhart gets a little befuddled. I mean, you remember during, uh, <laughs> this is back when Trump was in office, but they were arguing about, the Japanese and it during World War II and she was calling them communist mm. and that's why we went to war with Japanese people mm-hmm. or the country of Japan is because they were communist yes she's a real a real dum-dum well I so Alina Haba went on Fox and Friends and it wasn't just Brian Kilmeade and Ainsley Earhart that were upset with Steve Ducey for his question it was also Alina Haba uh, now, uh, I, I've heard from a lot of uh, legal analysts, and they say what is different about this case than the federal cases is Georgia has uh, laws that are specifically tailored to election interference and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, Andy McCarthy, a Fox News contributor, and also uh, he wrote an op-ed in the New York Post, he said that uh, the Georgia indictment is the most perilous threat to former President Trump. Does President Trump know that this is a perilous threat? We do not agree that it is a perilous threat because we actually have inside information. So I love when people... What, what you inside know, information? Well, the inside information, Steve, and, and you know, you used to love Trump, but that, I gotta tell you, I, I mean, this is something I'm not gonna breach, right? I have confidentiality and I have ethics and, so and I'm gonna continue. But I think you need to understand something. When somebody is given a report and he has reports that show that there was interference. And you could be advised by one lawyer that says, oh, I don't think so. And you could have another lawyer that says, no, I do think so. And here's some reports. And we know that there were issues in Fulton County, we, right? We know it's not a question. There was election issues. And the integrity of our election is in question at this very moment. Um, and when he says, I want to look into it, I don't trust it. We need to look into it. That's his obligation as a president, okay? You can also tell that these people who go on Fox News, just based on this one clip, it's so clear 
that they're ready for the softball. Mm-hmm. They're ready for the easy, just, just, just gliding in. Yeah. No problems, no resistance. And then when they get it, she's all flustered and doesn't even know how to begin to answer because she's like, ah, you used to love Trump. What happened? Oh my God, this is such misery for me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. As soon as he deviates from not just teeing one up for her, she has no idea what to do as demonstrated by the incoherent response that you heard there. And I have inside information. Oh, we got to, we're going to get a scoop here. Oh, what inside information? Oh, you used to love Trump. Why are you asking follow-ups? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with him. Isn't he claiming that he's going to hold some sort of press conference and reveal Donald Trump, reveal some sort of election fraud evidence that has never been displayed before? Right. And now his legal team is like, no, (laughs) you can't do that because you're going to be in legal jeopardy even more than the 90 plus charges that you have right now. It really does speak to what it must be life like having grown up with Donald Trump's life. Mm. You know what I mean? Just never being checked, mm-hmm. being above the law your entire life. Who knows what kind of untold crimes he's done relative to business or whatever, what other conspiracies he's been involved in, and then just he just felt untouchable because now he's attacking the judge, he's attacking the, the juries, he's attacking the prosecutors, he's attacking every anyone and everyone other than looking within and being like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have broke the law. Yeah. No, he feels untouchable. It's, For sure. It's, it's wild. But Ben Shapiro also joined the chorus of conservatives that was defending Donald Trump. And this was his tweet. Whatever you think of the Trump indictments, one thing is for certain. The glass has now been broken over and over again. Political opponents can be targeted by legal enemies. Running for office now carries the legal risk of going to jail <laughs> on all sides. <laughs> wow. But... I know this is going to surprise you. Back in 2014, Ben Shapiro had a very different opinion on this issue. There are some whores in this house. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not it. P-word is female genitalia. Oh, goddammit. Wet-ass P-word. Extra large and extra hard. Actually, here's the clip. I'm not sure we could indict Washington, but I think that uh, certainly... I'm sure it, something was done. Uh, Washington was relatively clean, but it, but, it, but if you look at, at you know George W. Bush, or if you looked at Bill Clinton, or if you looked at Ronald Reagan, sure. I mean, the answer would be that, that you could, and, and people should be wary. I mean, this is, this is sort of the case that I'm making, is that we've become so comfortable with the executive branch of the government abusing its citizens and violating our rights and violating what they're structured to do under the law that we've just become used to it. And, and if we start treating them as criminals, maybe they'll think twice, before they act so criminally in the future. I said certified freaks seven days a week. Bring a bucket and a mop. Maybe if we start treating them like criminals. Yeah. Huh. That That's an idea that I think I agree with. It, it is remarkable what the grift does to people. Like, he was never, like, a, 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 a clear thinker or a decent person. He's always been just a shameless bigot. But the grift makes him even worse. Like, now it's just dignity-free performances left and right every single day in his program. It, it, it's, it, he, has, he has built a persona around um, audience capture and how hateful and how many clicks they can get from their bigoted audience. It's, it, it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, the same thing is definitely happening with Megyn Kelly. And again, these people start out being not great. Right. 
they already have bad opinions. They have an openness to the grift. Right. And then it's just like, why not lean in if it's going to pay the bills? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. not just take it all the way to its end conclusion here? So the next clip that we're going to play is another conservative. I did not know who this guy is. His name is Mike Davis. He says he's the former chief counsel for nominations to the Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley. Mm-hmm. So that's a great accolade. Great. And then he's also the founder and president of the Article 3 Project, A3P, and that is the uh, organization that defends constitutionalist judges and the rule of law. Yeah. And he also is opposed to cancel culture and fighting against the woke mob. You're just getting everything in there in his CV, huh? <laughs> I mean, what what kind of a conservative resume is it if you don't announce your opposition to the woke mob and cancel culture. Yeah. So Mike Davis here is really going to be leaning into the panic that conservatives are experiencing in their inability to protect Donald Trump from the inevitable consequences of his actions. And in this clip, he's going to go so far as to saying that there needs to be statutes amended so that Brian Kemp, the governor, uh, has the ability to pardon Donald Trump more than crossing the Rubicon. It is only illegal to object to elections in third world Marxist hellholes and now in New York, D.C. and Atlanta. As far as presidential pardons go, Mike, this is different, right? This is this is set aside. A state indictment, a state conviction is a different um, as a different animal than a federal conviction. Is that a fair assessment? It is, and under the Georgia law, there's a statute that limits the Republican governor's ability to pardon, and I think that the legislature in Georgia needs to amend that statute and give Governor Kemp the ability to pardon in this situation because this is clear election interference. It's clear Democrat lawfare by Democrat prosecutors where they're trying to have Democrat prosecutors, Democrat judges, and Democrat juries, and Democrat hellholes decide the next presidential election instead of the American people. He's real fond of the word hellhole, apparently. Uh, He also, a little bit of a misnomer there, he says that there's a statute in Georgia that doesn't allow the Republican governor to issue pardons, blah, 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 blah. He just doesn't let the governor. It doesn't say anything about whether they're Democrat or Republican. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think he's really leaning in to emphasize that there's a Republican governor who could, and in his view, should be helping Donald Trump. And who's not, by the way, who, Brian Kemp, not great. Not Terrible, a, yeah. in fact. Uh, but he did re repost one of Donald Trump's posts and and say that the election was not stolen. Yeah. So it's it's a very low bar for the Republican Party right now to be able to come out and say that the election was not stolen. So few of them are doing it. In fact, <laughs> it, it, it it's so f- just it baffles me how they're just they won't look within themselves and say, well, why is it we're losing so many elections? What's the deal? Is it our policies? No, they won't even do that. It's just, no, it must be rigged. They just, it's a conspiracy against us. Mm -hmm. Rather than, huh, how wildly out of step we are on policy after policy after policy with the vast majority of American people. I mean, the number of Americans, both Democrat and Republican, everyone who approve of abortion as for healthcare access is... In the 60s, in the high 60s, and they are doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on this despotic, tyrannical, um, hateful, oppressive, abusive policy um, banning abortion. 
Yeah. So you may be wondering, okay, well, these these are the Republican elites. All right. We get what they're saying. We get what their position is. Um, we want to know what the Republicans on the ground are saying and thinking. And I mean, we get a flavor of this sometimes when reporters interview people like Joni Ernst, senator in Iowa. Yeah. And Marsha Blackburn's another. Yeah. I think Joni, Joni Ernst was on the ground saying in Iowa at the Iowa State Fair that Trump voters are fatigued. They're getting to the point where it's just all noise for them, the number of indictments. Right. There's just so many indictments that they can't even keep track and they don't care anymore. <laughs> and uh, NBC News, I believe, is where this next clip is from. They went around the Iowa State Fair and asked Trump supporters to react to the indictments. And I think you're going to love this. Do you think that most people care that he's been indicted for a fourth time? No. Uh, no, that just makes me want to vote for him more. No. No. Why did he get indicted? Because the Democrats don't like him. I guess I really don't know. They're just trying to dig up stuff so they can bring it up so that he doesn't run again. Because everybody knows how, how society is nowadays. If you want to hide something, you just indict them, you know? <laughs> well, my wife keeps me in touch with that because I'm retired and I don't keep up with it. But she watches Fox News all the time. Gotcha. <laughs> I, for as far as I know, it's because he was trying to hide stuff from the, from the due process. But I haven't really looked into it that much. He was trying to hide stuff from the due process. At least he's being honest about how he hasn't looked into it. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump, baby! It reminds me of when even Donald Trump would tell everybody, just read the transcript, read the transcript of the call with, between me and Volodymyr Zelensky, then you'll you'll see the truth. And I read the transcript, you, you read the transcript, many people read the transcript and realized just how... Uh, nakedly corrupt it was. No one at the Iowa State Fair has read the transcript. Yeah, and, that, and then they would, you know... Um, uh, what's his name on, on Comedy Central? The tall, skinny guy, Jordan Klepper. Jordan Klepper, and even the 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 good liars guys will go out and, and interview people, and and they'll be, oh, so did you read it? No, no, no. Have right. you read any of these indictments? No, I haven't read them. It's all bullshit. It's all it's all fake news. Right. Well, then you cannot be informed. All you're doing is reading Donald Trump's Truth Social feed like it's the news. Right. There's no way out of this hellhole <laughs> unless either they get disenfranchised, they die through a trick, you know, just by normal course of maybe they'll get COVID again and not get vaccinated or, or what? I mean, what's going to happen? How do we change this? Or they have someone in their life who is willing to sacrifice yes. their mental health and convince them and talk to them repeatedly until they understand the ways of the world. But PBS's Lisa Desjardins also went to the Iowa State Fair. All the reporters just get to descend on the Iowa State Fair, which looks like a nightmare, by the way, an absolute nightmare. I, I would All have, state fairs are nightmares. I would have no desire to go to this thing. There's like, I don't know, 100,000 people that go to it or so. I mean, some crazy number. And there's so many people in these areas and they just want to go and like shake hands mm. with like Ron DeSantis. Why do you want to go see Ron DeSantis? I wouldn't want to be near Ron DeSantis. <laughs> what is happening? But anyway, so... He might laugh in your face. He gets sucked into his mouth hole. <laughs> so, so Lisa Deschardins went to the Iowa State Fair and also interviewed Trump supporters, Ron DeSantis supporters, and also Vivek Ramaswamy supporters mm. because he is rising in the polls. 
make America great again, you know, is what he was all about. And I think he was on the way to doing that. I'm just a solid Trump supporter. I love all of his policies. I love everything that we had for those four years. There's more than voter sentiment. Team Trump is better organized than in 2016 when he was second in the Iowa caucuses. They're collecting caucus pledge cards at his events and have troops of volunteers in Trump t-shirts as walking ads. Can anybody beat Donald Trump in this state? It's going to be hard. The, the president currently has a significant lead, 24 points by the latest New York Times poll. But Iowans are willing to kick the tires. Iowa Republican strategist Jimmy Centers notes traditional thinking that the top three caucus finishers have a shot at the nomination. But this year, he thinks it will be two at most. There is a lane for someone to come up to challenge the former president. That said, you got to get going and you got to get going fast. Fighting hard for that lane is DeSantis, campaigning on his record in Florida. We are going to safeguard the rights of parents in this country. Including his shakeup of the education system there. DeSantis's crackdown on how schools can teach about race, slavery, and LGBTQ issues is popular with social conservatives. But... Those things and his moves to restrict abortion and transgender care have brought sharp reaction from others like these protesters who have followed him around the state. For some DeSantis supporters, like the Bart family, it's more simple. They don't trust or want Trump anymore. There are probably four or five other candidates in this race that they say good things, but I think that he has the better chance of winning of any of them. Chances helped by some of the strongest organization in Iowa, including the Never Back Down Super PAC backing DeSantis. He is firmly in second place, but competition is coming up fast behind him. Vivek Ramaswamy, a 38-year-old businessman, is surging here. And as he barnstorms the state as a younger version of Trump, Ramaswamy knows Iowa is critical. There's nothing like this. And so we're counting on this for saying that I get to at least tell the people who I am and what I stand for. He's pitching the idea of Trump without the baggage. I'm leaning towards Vivek at the moment. Over Trump. Over Trump. Yes. The reason why is because he has most many of the same policies and in many ways he's more extreme, but he doesn't make everybody go back crazy when he talks, right? Problem for Ramaswamy, that voter is from neighboring Nebraska. He's, he's got a lot of the same policies in a lot of ways. He's more extreme. What a selling point. Scary. Wow. Very scary. Almost as scary as him lip syncing or rapping Eminem at the Iowa State Fair clearly showing the, that he has no understanding of what exactly the demographic is of uh, the Republican Party. Don't compliment him by accusing him of lip syncing the song. He was rapping alongside. You could hear it. And yeah, I you think know what I mean. That song came out in what, 2005 or three, 2003? I don't know. And he is rapping it for the Iowa State Fair. Yeah, I don't. A, a, a white aging audience and he's rapping Eminem. He knows that that's not going to be nostalgic for them, right? That's going to be like Jimmy Buffett or something like that. Like they, they want to hear him sing Margaritaville. They're they not. <laughs> They're also not going to be cheering him. That's going to be, get off my lawn, little brown man. 
Oh God, yeah, but that is him. I mean, he he has in the past again. He's just a grifter, been critical of Trump, and now he is adopting all of Trump's policies, defending Trump all day long, and people like him because he's Trump without the baggage. Yeah, not great, <laughs> not great. What was that though? And I think he was on the way to doing that. I think he was on the way to doing that. Well, and that, maybe Vivek, Vimmy Vivek is in tune with with what the Republican audience is. Well, and what's interesting is these people were saying that they loved the state of the country when Donald Trump was president, right? And I always, I just wish there was a follow up of you know, can you articulate yeah, exactly what what were some of those things that you really loved about the country? How were things super great for you when Donald Trump was president? You, you think she's going to be able to answer? And I think he was on the way to doing that. Probably not. <laughs> it's like that Kristen Cavalieri drop we used to have. I've read too many books. Mm. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I remember that. Well, we would love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can absolutely every day, all the time, put us in your phone and email us a voice memo or a regular old-fashioned email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Police officer, former Kyle J. Davis. Now, I have to say that this has actually been on the board the past few shows, but mm. we've had to push it a few times. And so I had to Google, like, cop arrested filming teen mm. in a bathroom. Were there multiple entries? And I struggled to find the correct one. Uh. I had to go by date to make sure it was the most recent instance. And so that's Man. Again, a disturbing way to start this segment. I will say I am not a cab necessarily, but certainly S cab or M cab. Now, I will say I didn't open to read all of the articles. I don't know, but other things were coming up. Yeah. And so, yeah. So I'm hoping this is the right name. I probably should have made sure we should have listened <laughs> to the clip before, but I'm pretty sure it is because the story is the same. So, so this, this cop was arrested, like I said, after a, I think months long investigation into him surreptitiously filming a teen in the bathroom of his home when she came over to his house. Officer Kyle Davis allegedly tried to film a young girl in the bathroom of his home back in 2020. Here's video just released to us this morning of him being arrested at the Madison Police Department. You can see him walk in in full uniform, including his gun. After standing there for about 15 seconds, he heads towards the door, and that is when other officers arrive and put him in handcuffs. Now, according to the child victim, who was 15 years old at the time, she was at Davis's house for a birthday party for his daughter when he blocked her from using the restroom. She says he went in first, and when she went in after he left, that's when she noticed a phone set to record buried in a pile of clothes. She recently decided to come forward after a presentation at her school about child abuse prevention. The victim told investigators she remembered the specific day it happened because she'd recently just got her learner's permit. Also in court documents, Davis first tried to say his son was responsible for the recordings. Investigators found mentions of voyeurism, spy cams, teen sex, and cheerleaders in his search history on his phone, and also two pictures of eight-year-old girls in their underwear. Today, Bond was set at $100,000. He's due back in court for a pretrial in September and is on unpaid administrative leave from the VV Police Department. Stephen Albritton, WLWT, News 5. 
That's just a whole bunch of bad. Yeah. I mean, it got worse and worse. He does it, then he blames his son, and then they find the other stuff on his phone. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think the important thing about this story, though, is that she came forward Mm -hmm. and that she came forward after learning about sex abuse at school. And this often happens in sex education classes that Republicans try to fight against. Currently, right now, they are. Right. Yeah. And again, this is one of the main reasons you really want your kids to be educated about sex is so that they can recognize when abuse is happening. And we saw this again this week in the, the time story that went viral about the the 13-year-old that's getting ready to start seventh grade as a mother. She had a baby. She was raped when she was 12 by a stranger in her front yard in Mississippi, and she got pregnant. And her mom believes that, you know, part of the reason she didn't come and tell her mom what happened and she didn't understand what was happening to her body when she was pregnant is because she didn't have the sex education. She didn't know that what had happened to her could potentially lead to a pregnancy. And so there's so many reasons that it is important for people to have sex education and not some puritanical weird sex education like Elizabeth Smart speaks out against where they told her, Elizabeth Smart being the young girl who was kidnapped out of her bedroom, 20 years ago in Utah, the the Mormon girl. Uh, she talks about her experiences in sex education when she was younger and her teacher telling her that having sex is like... Before you're married. Having sex before you're married is like getting chewed. Like you're a piece of gum and you're getting chewed up. And who wants a chewed up piece of gum? You can, uh. you can YouTube this. She has talked about it many times. And, and, and imagine someone getting kidnapped and raped... And yeah. then thinking about that, their their sex ed teacher telling them I'm that. useless now. I'm unwanted now. I'm gross now. Right. And that's how she felt. And so yeah. it's important to have fact-based education so that kids know when abuse happens to them, including from a cop when yeah. you're at their house for a birthday party. A man time. who had the power to detain, arrest, uh, usurp the freedoms of while armed, while an armed agent of the state. Policing in America doesn't just have a problem because of who we've hired. It's who we continue to hire, and this is just another case of that. Yeah. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. If you're in his municipality, we'd really love to know if you know who this is. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Jessica Spencer and Sophia Denzel. Mm -hmm. So this is a couple in Phoenix. This one could kind of go either way. The couple is taking care of biz for sure. That's not something that can go either way. It definitely could be asshole today because of neighbors and the city. Yes. So this couple decided to, in response to the ridiculous heat wave that that Phoenix has been experiencing for like the past month. Temperatures yeah. were ridiculous, like dangerously high. and plus some days. Yes, dangerous, especially for people who have no home. And so this couple came together and said, you know what? Let's start putting uh, frozen or cold water bottles in a... In a... Cooler. <laughs> cooler. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the show. We're both Thank tired. You. Yes, cold, cooler. And put it in the front of the house and just let people come and 
grab water when they need it. It's humanitarian aid is what this is, especially when temperatures are 120 plus degrees outside. And the neighbor said, you know what? I don't like this and Mm. made a complaint. Sophia Denzel and Jessica Spencer set up a cooler of free water for anyone who walks by. We just set this up right here because we wanted to make it as easy as possible so people didn't have to come onto the property but could still get water and they can just reach over and lift this lid up and grab it. They're just a few blocks away from Phoenix's largest downtown homeless encampment. We are so close. I mean, those sirens right now that we hear in the background are literally the fire department probably going to the zone. I hear that like 10 times a day and they go right behind me on this street to the zone. The city of Phoenix sent this letter dated August 1st saying there was a citizen complaint against the property alleging trash or litter, outside storage visible in the front yard here and homeless camped out on the property. But Sophia and Jessica say people come get water and leave. Be safe guys. If this resource wasn't necessary, then it wouldn't be used as frequently as it's being used, and it's being used constantly. The letter states an inspector will be out to look for blight violations for the junk and litter and outside storage. Trash, which I'm assuming is like stuff like the plastic, and storage. That we've, we've pressed so many times what counts as storage, and we can't get a clear, concise answer. Now, after the complaint, their landlord telling them that their lease will terminate at the end of September, and their offer to go month to month is withdrawn as they are using the property in a manner inconsistent with residential occupancy. The couple acknowledging that there is nothing legally protecting them, but feel they've been penalized for their kindness. And they're speaking out now, hoping those who own their homes will be in inspired to provide water. If anything positive could come from this situation, it would be specifically that property owners choose to do what we've done and hopefully um, set a precedent against this idea that giving people water is blight. Reporting in Phoenix, I'm investigator Nicole Grigg, ABC 15, Arizona. So you can't see it if you're listening to this, obviously, but the cooler was positioned away from their front door at a fence in the front yard and in a corner that was away from their neighbor's front door. Like It, so it, wasn't, it wasn't hurting anybody. It wasn't uh, inconveniencing anybody. Yeah, people that are grabbing the water are not at all coming up near homes, for example, yeah. if that's their concern. That wasn't happening. They It was not close to front doors of homes. Yeah. So, I mean... They articulated that they are in close proximity to the large encampment in Phoenix, which means that you're probably going to have trash in your general vicinity. I mean, listen, we live in D.C. There's trash in front of our house all the time because we live in a city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you can't really prevent trash from happening in your... Also, listen, this is just more republicanism. This is just more cruelty is the point. This is more, even from some Democrats, uh, demonization of people who are homeless. It's just these fucking people don't have a place to live. They don't have ready access to water, cool water, a roof, 
shade, the things that make you, that keep you alive, especially in 120 degree plus heat. Yeah, I actually watched a news package. I don't remember where it was from. It was like LA Times or maybe New York Times because it was kind of artistically done. And they followed a man who was homeless in Phoenix during the heat wave just one day a day in a day in his life and he woke up and the clothes that he was wearing were already drenched in sweat yeah he sat in a chair in his tent picked up a piece of cardboard and said this is my lifesaver right here was using it as a fan started fanning himself and said i'll sit here for hours doing this and then he said okay i'm gonna go to the cooling station where they had buses that were not in service that were turned on so that people could come on and just sit there and have a break and he pointed to people around him he said do you hear how quiet it is everyone's just tired everyone's drained we just want to sit here and be cool so your whole day is dedicated to how am i going to stay cool today yeah that's the only thing that you can right i need to survive the day and i can't do it in this heat and so i need to find a way to get cool and if you have someone who's putting cold waters out for you right what a what a what a blessing what a amazing yeah i just who's angry about that i was gonna lifesaver but i i didn't say lifesaver because i thought oh maybe that's too hyperbolic but it could be a lifesaver when it's 120 fucking degrees. Yeah. So now Jessica Spencer and Sophia Denzel are losing their housing because yeah. they chose to try to help people and upset their neighbors who probably consider themselves kind people who no, help or Christians others. Christians, even. So, yeah. Disturbing. Well, we'd love to know what you think. 657. We always get good feedback on the homeless, even with people who disagree or push back or dissent in some way. And we we welcome all that. So we want to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo or just an email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love and appreciate you guys. We would invite you to contribute to the show, help produce the show. Go to patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. That's the best way. Uh, it is... It is uh, an honor to be able to to join you once or twice a week with this show and uh, bring you the interviews that we do. We have another one coming up next week. Yes. We are very excited about. Yes. Uh, he is amazing, and we hope you'll join us for that. Also, that the first not... Republican debate is next week. That's right. Very well, exciting. It's going to be another big week with a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that? Isn't that quote you... Uh... Do what you love, and you never have to work a day in your life. Yeah, right. It's I mean, true, I love right? it. I love it, but I am definitely not not working. It's yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. We will see you next time. I'm going to go take a nap. For Brittany Page, <laughs> I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.